0: Once again, we'll be looking at the theme building and Jesus says I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it And Matthew 20, uh, seven twenty seven says therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice Is like a wise man who built his house on a rock and we are to build our house Our future on a solid foundation and the rain came down and the streams rose The winds blew and beat against the house and yet it did not fall because it, was on, it had a foundation, a foundation that was built on a rock. And so we're not just building on any foundation. We're building on a solid foundation on that rock, on a solid foundation. And our rock is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. And so we're going to build our future on this rock, on sound uh, doctrine, on the words of God, on solid and sound doctrine principles and when we do this god is going to bless us and god is going to bless this church and i believe it will start extending into our communities and even throughout our country god will bless his people Uh, the church believes and follows the sound teachings of christ and believes that the author of the bible is god and these words are inspired words words from god himself and the intentions for us are laid out before us actually in the bible For us to study For us to read There is no book like it And there is no authority Above it And we're committed to it We're committed to God We're committed to His only begotten son Jesus Christ The Messiah And I want to speak to us About that today Or speak to us On this topic of stewardship The the stewardship of commitment What are you committed to? Who are you committed to? And why are you committed to Whatever it is That you are committed to? And Everything God wants us to know. Everything, anything, uh, everything that he has for us basically or, or wants to tell us right now about his son is revealed through the revelation of scripture. And so we submit and commit ourselves to these holy scriptures and we submit and commit ourselves to these, to these words and we commit ourselves to him and him alone. Would you please stand with me for the reading of, of God's word? We're going to be in First Kings chapter 8 First kings chapter 8 and we're going to begin reading at verse 54 we have a lot of reading to do your handouts also there's uh, a whole back side of it that normally is not there and so um, for those who might not be able uh, to see the screen or whatever we i wanted you to be able to have this word and be able to meditate on it uh, during this week but we're going to just read for now as a as a group 54 um, and following down to 61 when Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord he rose before the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hand spread out towards heaven he stood and blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice saying praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised not one word ...has failed to all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he never leave us nor forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations he gave our fathers. And may these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night. And may he uphold the cause of his servants and the cause of his people, Israel, according to each day's need. So that all the peoples of of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is no other but your hearts must be fully committed to the Lord our God. You can underline that this morning, but your hearts must be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands. As at this time, let's pray. Lord our God, help us to be fully committed to your words, to your ways, Lord Jesus, and to live by all your principles, God. Oh, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place, Lord God. Fill this place with your presence, oh God. I I pray, Lord God, fill us, Lord Jesus, with your Holy Spirit in this church, in our lives, Lord God. We want to fill your presence and experience your presence in a mighty way. Illuminate our hearts and minds, I pray, Lord God. Bless these words. Lord, bless your people, Lord Jesus. I pray. Open our eyes and ears. May we hear you, Lord God. May we receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated You can put that in Facebook too <laughs> a little a little dig there this morning we 're going to uh, be focusing on commitment, the stewardship of commitment and While many of us uh, understand what commitment is, we often violate it in our in our life and our practice. Um, but for kicks and giggles, for kicks and giggles, I, I want to look that, that word up today, and I did, and it says. Uh, the word commitment, and it says the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or to an activity, an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Um, And there are other words that might come to mind, other words such as loyalty and faithfulness, fidelity, um, devotion, dedication, allegiance, responsibility. So what are you committed to? What are you committed to? And if I, if I ask you uh, this morning, are you a committed person? And I don't add any kind of qualifications to this question. I think we're going to get a bunch of different answers. Uh, because it's going to depend on what I'm referring to. So let me give you an example here. If I'm saying are you committed to failing? Are you committed to falling? Are you committed to quitting? Are you committed to stealing? Well, I think the answer then is an absolute no. Um, but if I ask the question a different way, are you committed to success? Are, are you committed to your spouse or to your children or to your family? Are you, are you committed to your business? Are you committed to your career? Are you com- committed to, to your job uh, or, or, or your school or education? And for most of us, the answer is, is a yes. Yes, I'm committed to these things. And these are all good things to be committed to. But why are we committed to, to these things? Are they morally good things? Are they wise things? Are they godly things that we are committing to? And some things that might be good, but they're not necessarily God things. And for, for example, there are things that we might face on a regular basis and, and, and choices that we have to make. And a lot of times we have more than one thing that we're going to have to, to do, right? Go there or go here or, or do this or, or, or do that. And all of them might be really good ideas And all good things that we can commit ourselves to But maybe they're not a God thing And so we have things that we commit to But they're not always God things For, for example, uh, there's nothing wrong with us, say, going out on a date But is that person going to lead you away from God? Is that person going to lead you uh, to sin and cause you uh, to sin? And then, then, then it's not a good thing and Nor is it a God thing Uh, What what happens if that and it's something that you shouldn't then commit to right? And so what happens if that person is not not your spouse? Uh, Then in God's eyes that would be wrong then in God's eyes that would be sinful and sinning and and you'd be willful Disobedient to his words and to his ways and so usually we can go out on a date It's not intrinsically bad to just go out on a date But under certain situations then it becomes wrong and then it becomes sinful under certain circumstances So what are we committing to? What do we commit to? Who do we commit to? Why do we commit to certain things? And these things then should be considered in advance. Typically, think about what you're committing to in advance, in advance. When you can think clearly is when you should start thinking about these things. And then think about those things. What would I do in light of Scripture, in light of the truth of God's words? Anything else, anything else, or anything else that leads us away or leads us astray, can lead us to sin. James chapter four verse seven says, "Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this, uh, to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? Who is? What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say." If it is the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this or that, and it is this you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows good that he ought to do and doesn't do it, sin. And so when we know what we ought to do, do it. Simply obey God and do it. It's so simple. Simply obey God and do it. Commit to it. Anything less is sin. So let's, let's jump to this 1st King, chapter 8. Uh, Solomon's prayer of dedication is very insightful for us to uh, study and understand. And we see that the Ark of the Covenant is being brought into the temple where the presence of the Lord will be. Now, if you recall from past readings or past messages... God made a covenant with the Christians of Israel, uh, a conditional covenant, and, and that he's going to commit to it. Um, but they have to obey him, and they have to obey his, his laws, and, and his presence is going to be with them. His provisions are going to be with them. His protection is going to be with them. And God promises good things to them, and to their children, and to their children's children. And a sign to them is, he has them go and build an ark. And it will eventually be used and, and it be housed in the temple. And he would commit to them. And he would honor them as they commit back, back to him and honor him. Now David, we know, had a heart after God's heart. But was not allowed to build this temple. He was not allowed to build this temple because he was a man of war. He was a warrior. And he shed most, much blood. But instead, God allowed his, his son solomon to build it i think it's also important to to note in these portions of scriptures david's, david's heart was in the right place even though um even though the, it was good it was good for him to build the temple or, or want to build the temple it was good for him to want to do it it was not a god thing god did not want him to do it he was he was able to provide vision and planning And he was able to get materials and and do some of the drawings, but he was not allowed to build this this temple. And so it's important for us to understand that we are to commit our hearts and our ways to God, even if we don't get our way. And when we hear from him and understand the truths of his ways and understand his words, we are to follow them in perfect obedience and praise his holy name. And David is a model for us. And time's not going to allow us to go into all the prayers and praise that David, David did. You find a lot of them in the Psalms, right? But he rejoiced in the fact that God revealed truth to him. And by the way, you can have the right motives and the wrong action. And you could have the wrong motives with the right action. God knows the heart and he will bless you for your right motives, for your right actions. Uh, the wrong motives are always, always unacceptable to God. But maybe you're poor and uh, maybe you want to give more to God and more to the church to do his work. But you have no money to give at this moment. So no action is taken at this time. I believe God knows your heart. He knows what you would do under different circumstances if you had greater means. And I believe he will bless you for your, poor, your pure heart, your pure motives, your pure intentions. Now other people have abundance and they have great wealth and and while they give much, their heart is in the wrong place. And they will not be blessed even even if they outgive all of us combined. They won't be blessed. They will not be blessed. God wants us to have the right hearts. He wants us to commit commit ourselves to him. And now we see in Solomon begins to pray in this portion of scripture and he commits himself to to prayer in front of the entire assembly and we know that he's all in and he will pray with purpose. He's going to pray with passion and zeal. He's going to be very intentional about what what he says and I believe he learned this from his father, David. The importance of praise, the importance of prayer, the importance of entering into the presence of God. And when I read these verses and we can start to extract principles from them to commit to and understand that we as individuals and people are affected by who and and what we commit to in our life. God is going to keep all his promises, every one of them, and Solomon understands that, and we should understand that as well. And a big part of commitment is trust, and God is trustworthy, and we can place our full confidence in the Lord. And once we get that, and once once we commit to all things everything and and he's going to bless us but we need to commit to it hundred percent all in anything less than that is sin and that's where i believe we find many people today trusting man trusting money uh, trusting things and placing those things above god and above his ways And the Bible says we should trust in the Lord with all our heart, right? Lean not on his own understanding and always acknowledge him. And he's going to direct our path. This is what we see, I believe, Solomon is doing here in this prayer of dedication, placing his trust in God, fully committing to God. Everything, he's all in. Solomon is all in, fully committing to God. Verse 22. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel. Spread out his hands towards heaven and said, O Lord, of, of, o Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or earth below. You who keep your co- uh, covenant of love with your servant who continues wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With, with your mouth you have promised and with your hands you have fulfilled it as it is today. Now, Lord God of Israel, keep keep for your servant David my father the promises you made to him when you said you shall never fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel if only your son or sons are careful in all they do to walk before me as you have done and now O oh God of Israel let your word that your promised your servant David my father come true and so I believe there's at least five things that we should be committing to prayer is one of them Solomon stands up and Solomon prays And when we get to the end of of this prayer, when we get to the end of this section, if you recall what I read earlier in verse 54, we're going to see he goes from standing to to kneeling. He he has his hands raised towards heaven, and he's going to pray out in front of the entire assembly of Israel, modeling what he's doing, modeling what his father did before him, fully committed. He's 100% all in. Solomon understood the power of prayer, just like David understood the power of prayer. Now, while standing and, and kneeling is, is not a fast, hard, fast rule that you must follow when you pray, nor is stretching out your arms and praying. It is interesting to see, though, that he starts off standing and then he ends up kneeling. And I believe this is simply because of the magnitude of this prayer. It was just an amazing prayer. I believe he's overwhelmed with the awe of God. He's pouring out his soul unto God. He's crying out to God Almighty, understanding when he starts off, he's just worshiping God, he's praising God. But with the time it gets to the end, he's kneeling down and, and, and he's, just, he's just gripped with what, who God is and, and, and the majesty of God. And, and many of us could, should spend more time just reading the scripture and, and going over, this, over these words in this chapter over until we are personally gripped by the power of prayer and understanding how, how rooted that should be in our everyday life. God's power, God's power is, is, is revealed and Solomon goes from standing to kneeling because he's in awe. This chapter is going to give us great insight to prayer. There is no God like you, none in heaven, none on earth below. You can keep your covenant of love with your servants. You have kept your promise to your servant, David, my father. With your hands, you have fulfilled those promises. Every one of those promises are coming true. With your mouth, you have declared it, O God. O God of Israel, let your words that you promised your servant, David, my father, come true true and i believe every word that god declared every word that's written in these holy scriptures every word that god ordained and god commanded will come true exactly the way he said it 100 percent of the time hallelujah solomon believed god he trusted god he is fully committed to god and how great is it to see the fulfillment of his promises taking place before your eyes. With your hands, you fulfilled it. We stand in awe. We see God at work. We see that his promises are true. We see that every prophecy, every word that he declared is true. And we commit ourselves, or should commit ourselves, to him and his ways, and to him alone. And he will fulfill those promises in your life for sure. Verse 27, but... Will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple that I have built you. Solomon recognizes the ludicrously of the situation that he could house the Lord. Of who can house the Lord? Of who can contain Him? And he continues to pray. You give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Oh my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in the presence to stay. May your eyes be open towards this temple night and day, this place of which you said, my name shall be there, so you will hear the prayers. You, your servant prays towards this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. Solomon understands the power of prayer he pleads for mercy he cries out before god this is such a, 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 this is such a powerful prayer full of passion full of purpose full of full of zeal may your eyes be open towards this temple night and day and that's my prayer too That we gather together in this church and we gather around uh, around these altars and and that we kneel and that we stand and that we stretch out our hands and that we believe that God is going to do miracles, that God is going to do healings, that God is going to transform our hearts, that God is going to do something amazing. And with our arms stretched out, we just bless his name. We just praise his name. We're just in awe of who he is and we just worship him. Hallelujah, for you are great and you are an awesome God. He cries out, Oh, Lord, forgive me. May we ask God to forgive us of our sins. May we ask Him, forgive us of our doubt. Forgive us of our lack of commitment and our complacency and our, and our lack of zeal for the things of God. For He is holy and worthy of all praise. Verse 31. We have something to be excited about, church. I'm just telling you, get excited for God. Because this is true. This is real. We, people want to just cry, make... just talk about things that that movie believed people are just like knocking the church and knocking the words because we might not see a miracle right now today but god is still working he's in the miracle business don't forget that he's doing he's god he's sovereign and there's no other way but him hallelujah when a man wrongs or trespasses his neighbor and is required to take an oath and comes and and swears the oath before your altar in this temple Then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, condemning the guilty or or condemning the the wicked and bring down on his own head what he has done. Declare the innocent not guilty and so establish his innocence. And when your people, Israel, have, have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you and when they turn... When they turn from their sin, when they turn back to you and confess your name, praying and making supplication to you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of the people Israel and bring them back to the land that you gave your fathers. When the heavens are shut up and there's no rain because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray towards this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servant your people Israel teach them the right ways to live send the rain on the land you gave your people an inheritance when famine or plagues come on the land when blight or mildew or locusts or grasshoppers or when an army besieges them in any of the cities whatever disasters or disease might come their way and when a prayer when they pray When they cry out to you, when they plea is made by any of your people Israel, each one aware of the afflictions of his own heart and spreading out his hands towards the temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place, forgive and act. Deal with each man according to all he does, since you know the hearts, you know his hearts, for you alone know the hearts of all men, so that they will fear you all the time they live in the land you gave our fathers. We see here when you start reading these verses that natural calamities come upon people because of their sin. And they're not committing themselves towards God. And when they turn from their sins, when they re- repent and turn from their sins and commit themselves back to God, things change. We see that wars are lost, rain from heaven is withheld, drought then follows and comes because rain is being. Supernaturally withheld and the people are afflicted why the bible says here because of sin But when we pray And i'm not saying every time i'm saying here for the people of god We're seeing this but when they pray and when they make their plea to god when they turn from their sins And then hear us oh god forgive us of our sins act towards us according to all we do why Because he knows our hearts He knows if they're pure or not. Only you know our hearts of all men and women, boys and girls. Only you know our hearts. We might might stand before the people in the public square... We might might stand up in our homes. We might even stand up in church in front of people and say things are right. And we might look the part and dress the part and say all the right things and even put ourselves out there and look holy. But inside, we're dark. Inside, we're unpure, impure. We're we're not right. But God knows our heart. And we are to align our heart and commit ourselves to to these holy words and to these holy scriptures and say, Lord, forgive us of our sins. Forgive me of my sins, O Lord. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, Israel, but have come from a distant land because of your name. And people will come in because of your name. People will hear the gospel being preached and come in because of your name. For when men hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays towards the temple and then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do whatever the foreigner asks of you. So that all the people of the earth may know your name and fear you. As do your own people. They fear you. And may know that this house I have built bears your name. Verse 44. When your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to the Lord towards the city that you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayers and pleas and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one... There, there is no one who does not sin and you become angry with them and give them over to the enemy who takes their captives to their own land far, far away or near. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they're held captive and repent, repent and plead with you in the land of their conquerors and say, we have sinned. We have sinned. We have sinned. We have done wrong. We have acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all their heart and soul, In the land of their enemies who took them captive and pray to you towards the land you gave their fathers towards the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name then from heaven your dwelling place hear their prayers and their plea and uphold their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you forgive all their offenses they have committed against you and cause the conquerors to show them mercy for they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt, out of the iron smelting furnace. And we see in a way that the Lord is answering Solomon's prayer in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their Land. The Lord takes our prayers seriously. I'm waiting for us to start taking our prayers seriously as well. We'll see more victories in our life. We need to be committed to prayer. But these these, these verses clearly show that we must take action. Turn from our sin. Commit our ways to God. Last week I said partial obedience is not obedience at all. Too many people live in secret lives or saying one thing on Sunday and doing something else during the week that is sinful and wrong on purpose. O oh Lord, may your eyes be open to your servant's plea and the plea of your people Israel. And may you listen to them whenever they cry out to you. Verse 53 For you singled them out from all the nations of the world to be your own inheritance. Just as you declared through your servant Moses when you, O sovereign Lord, brought, out, brought our fathers out of Egypt. When Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord, he rose from before the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling. With his hand spread out towards heaven, he stood and he blessed the whole assembly of Israel with a loud voice saying, Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he has promised. Just as He has promised. Not one word failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. So we should be committed to prayer. And we should be committed to praise. Praise the Lord who has given us rest to his people Israel. Not one word failed of all the good promises of the Lord. Throughout this prayer, we see Solomon elevating the Lord. Oh Lord, God of Israel, there is none like you. He is above nature. He is above rulers. He is above all others. We need to commit ourselves to prayer and, and praise. And we see in 1 Chronicles 29, we see, uh, starting at verse uh, 10, we'll see that David's pra- uh, praise and, and, and prayers are being released. Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. and your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. So we are committed to prayer. We are committed to praise. We are committed to his presence. May the Lord, our God, be with us as he was with our forefathers. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. May He turn our hearts to Him to walk in all His ways. May we desire His presence. May we want more from God. May we want to go deeper and deeper and deeper with God. Lord, our God, be with us. We invite you in this place this morning. When we start to experience God's presence at new levels, there's nothing like it. Lord, be with us as you were with our forefathers. Lord, never leave us. Lord, never forsake us. May we be fully committed to the Lord and his ways. Turn our hearts, our inner man, turn our inner beings, our hearts to you and you alone. May we walk in your ways. And when we walk in disobedience, when we walk and talk and act in disobedience, this is sin. And we need to understand that when we sin, we separate ourselves from God and we start walking out of his presence instead of entering into his presence. But when we repent and when we commit to his ways, repentance is turning away from sin and turning towards God. When, when, when we have secret sins and, and our, our, our outward sins are being revealed, we need to turn away from from those things we need to we need to walk away from those things if get x got to help you to walk away and repent and then we start experiencing his presence again his glory again we start to walk with him again and we start to align ourselves with him again and we pray Lord give us your desires again may we have more desire for you so that we can grow with you and may we do this as a community of believers Let's lift each other up, let's elevate each other so that we can grow and elevate as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we need obedience. Jesus wants a relationship with everyone here, every one of you. He wants a relationship. But when you sin, when we don't obey these words and and follow his will and his ways, we distance ourselves from him. But Jesus loves us. He dies for us. And so that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord He will answer those cries. He will hear those cries. Your cries, he will hear. And when they're cries of repentance, he will forgive you of your sins and save your soul. But he wants us to be obedient. He wants us to be committed to his principles. Commit to principles. Godly principles. Verse 58. May he turn our hearts towards him to walk in in his ways, and keep the commands, decrees, and regulations he gave our forefathers, or our fathers. Throughout this prayer, we see that when we are not committed to to the Lord, when we are not committed to trusting him in all of his ways, we sin, and we fall. And we know that God's principles are clearly laid out in the Holy Scriptures. We are to read them. We are to meditate on them night and day, day And night, may we fill our minds with these holy scriptures and these words. Open the book and read it so that we don't sin against Him. Many of us know the words of God. We do. We've heard them all our lives. We know the words of God, but we purposefully stop following them. For whatever reason, we purposely, willfully stop following them, and this is sin. And there's always going to be consequences to our actions, your wrong actions your wrong motives, and this should frighten you, and this should put the fear of God in you. No matter how close you think you are to the Lord today, if you are willfully and continually sinning, if you are habitually sinning on purpose, there will always be consequences to these wrong heart actions, and you sin against God, and you quench the Holy Spirit, and what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And this affects more than just yourself. This affects your family and your friends, and this affects this church, because it brings sin into this camp. And we will be judged as individuals, and we will be judged as a church. And I believe His judgment will eventually catch up to you. It will have its day, and your sin will be revealed. The final point today, we are committed to people. Verse 59, And these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord, our God, day and night, and he may uphold the cause of his servants and the cause of his people, Israel, according to each day's need. The church is in the people business. God is in the people business. He loves people. He loves us. He loves you. And he doesn't want any one of you to perish. So consider what you're doing here. Consider what you're doing at home. Consider what you're doing at work. And if you're sinning, purposefully repent. Turn away from the sin. Turn towards God. Turn towards God. Cry out to him. Plea with him, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. He will hear. He will forgive. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. He loves us so much that he died for us and wants to bless us. But why so often do we choose lies? We choose deceit. We choose sin. We choose death over life. We choose hell over heaven. But I want to encourage you today, church. When you commit yourself fully to the Lord Jesus Christ, He will forgive you. He will save your soul. He will turn things around. We need to pray and praise and seek these principles and say, we want more of your presence here. Ask Him what He can do for you. Cry out to Him like David did. Cry out to Him like Solomon did. He hears you. Speak with Him. Lord, I need you, Lord. I need this. It's okay to ask supplications about your need. You can come to him and ask. Pray to him. Who do you need to speak with this week? Who do you need to pray for this week? Who do you need to forgive this week? Why? Verse verse 60. So that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God. And that there is no other. But your hearts may be fully committed to the Lord our God, to live by His decrees and obey His commands. Would you stand with me, church, as we bring this service to a close? The stewardship of commitment, the stewardship of commitment extends to every role, to every responsibility. Every important relationship that you have, the stewardship of commitment demands personal fidelity, loyalty, integrity, devotion and responsibility first to god then to everything else then to family then to friends then then to your church then to your country the stewardship of commitment encourages every christian every disciple of christ to have a deeper commitment and relationship with the lord this is ongoing we are to grow in our faith we have to grow in our walk with the lord it's a simple decision a simple choice to put God first in all things. A simple choice to please God in our deeds, in our thoughts, in our actions, in our prayer, in our everyday life. Anything less is sin. Would you close your eyes and bow your head. I'm going to ask Jim Salus to come up and end the service in a prayer. I'm to just share a moment with something on his heart. But the Lord wants us to fully commit to his ways. Even if it means death, we are to commit to it. Even if it means to stand strong and hold the line. There are people dying all over this world, standing firm for Christianity and the gospel of Christ because they have a strong foundation and they believe in the, in the gospel. God, give us the courage to follow your principles in good times as well as bad times. Give us wisdom and discernment.